Welcome to Mental Toughness with Dr. Rob Bell. Each week, Dr. Rob sits down with athletes, executives, and expert coaches to talk about mental toughness and their hinge moment. Here's your host, Dr. Rob. I just like, like I said, I really, really love competing and that's the same wherever you go. You know, I don't, I don't really care about the bar. I don't care about the platform. Like, I think that's a good thing about my track background actually is like, I mean, I had to win a national title in the rain in the discus, which is like very hard because it can come off your hand anyway. Um, it was on my last throw and like, I mean, the girl had passed me and I had one throw left and it was raining and I ended up winning the meet and like I think about that a lot. Like I'm like, dude, you want a discus national title in the rain? Like you can, you can lift if the platform's not perfect. You know, like at least it's climate controlled. This podcast is brought to you by LiveMomentous.com. Leading the way in human performance is Live Momentous. For listening today, you get a discount at checkout. Enter the code DRB20. That's DRB the number twenty for twenty percent off your order. Live momentous. Optimize, perform, recover. Our guest today is a former collegiate thrower and and coach. She most recently won a gold medal at the 2023 Grand Prix. She was uh, first place at Pan Am Championships in 2021 and 2023. Her current personal best is 283 kilos. Uh, that's 120 in the snatch and 163 in the clean and jerk. Um, our guest is going to be representing USA in 2024. Uh, Mary Tyson Lappin, Queen Mary. Thank you so <laughs> yeah. much for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me. Did I have those? Uh, had this personal best correct, right? Yeah, that was perfect. I oh. I feel like I never really hear it correctly. I feel like people typically mess that up. So I'm actually really impressed with the fact that you got it right. That's good. Well, I got to do my homework. Yeah, I know. That's really good. Um, I'm really glad that that we're able to have this conversation. I just wanted to start out. I mean, you had an Instagram post, uh, ice bathing in Argentina, smoking cigars yeah. in Cuba, lifetime PRs, 33 years old in Qatar, kind of rhyme. 2023 was a good year for you, no? Yeah, it was. It was a lot. I mean, it was a lot, a lot of travel, which I, we, Will and I were talking, Will's my coach. Um, we were talking in the airport on the way home from Qatar, which we got back at the end of or middle of December. Um, and we were talking about in the beginning of the year, we were so excited to travel and we we're like new to the, to like the international weightlifting scene and five international meets later in December. We're like, that was fun, but I'm, we're ready for a break, you know? So yeah, a lot of awesome things happened this year, but it was a lot of travel. What are some things you do like traveling wise that kind of get your bearings, get your routine down? Like, do you have any tricks or anything like that when you, when you travel? Um, I mean, I did a lot of research before I, before basically I went to Argentina. My first international meet was in Ecuador in 2021. And it was pretty, it was like four days, very short. Cause it was still kind of COVID, you know? Um, but the beginning of this year when I knew I was going to be traveling a lot, I did a ton of research. Like, what do I have to have? Like what things are good to invest in? Um, I bought like a really nice suitcase, like things like that. Um, making sure I have like a stockpile, not a stockpile, but like a little tiny pharmacy for myself, like with stuff that I might not be able to get if I'm in super South America, you know, or, 
um, just random stuff like that that I I feel like could potentially be needed, but I'm scared I wouldn't be able to get. So um, just small things like different outlets and chargers and things like that that I would prefer to not be without. So I just did a lot of research and made sure yeah. I'd like, I would much rather overpack and be teased about it than not have what I need. So right. that's kind of the way I lived this whole year. And it knock on wood, it has paid off so far. For sure. Do you focus like when you're traveling that much in the air, do you focus more on hydration at all? Or I mean, I sleep? try to like, I'm not, a, I can't sleep on a plane. Like our, our flight on the way home from Doha was 17 hours um, from Doha to Dallas. And that was like, I mean, we were, all of us were like, this is horrible. Like it was, um, and I purposely get an ILC. I try to like navigate the plane the best I can, but just, I mean, I try to drink as much water as I can, but even some of those flights, you can't bring your water on and then you can't get a hold of the people to get water. And I don't know, like, then they give you a water and it's the tiniest water ever. And it's, you ask if you can have like 10 more and they're not really happy about that. And so I try to stay as hydrated as possible. I'm not great about it on the plane. Um, on the trips, I definitely try to stay hydrated. That's something I'm really working on this year. I know we just started the new year and I've tried it towards the end of last year was just drinking more water, like something silly as that, but drinking more water is just, and sleeping more. That's kind of what I'm working on the last few weeks into this year. So I just feel it's crazy. I drink so much water. Like one day when I decided I was going to drink water and I was like, Oh my gosh, I feel so good. (laughs) So I don't know why I wasn't doing this before, but yeah. yeah. So taking us back a little bit, I mean, as a, as a throws athlete, I mean, you threw in college. Um, I mean, obviously you were lifting a lot in college. You, um, and and you had every intention of throwing past college. Yep. And you mentioned though, I mean, you walked away, you mentioned being content. I was wondering if you could just kind of talk us through your experience with throws and then, you know, your conclusion and and finishing up, like, your career, that part of your life. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's funny you say I have, like, goosebumps on my arms, like, just from you saying being content and stuff, just because, like, I coached college track after I was done throwing. And that was one of the things I always talked to the kids about was just, like, obviously, people say all the time you want to live your life with no regrets and whatnot. And that was one thing that I truly and completely felt that I had no regrets with doing was leaving track and field as an athlete and jumping into track and field as a coach. Um, So my plan was, I mean, I finished college as a multiple time All-American. I won a national title. Um, I was a successful track athlete, but my plan was to finish the season. I threw at US championships. It was a really amazing venue. They had built like a outdoor shot put circle on the Capitol in Sacramento, like downtown. And they had like all these people and it was just the coolest thing I've ever probably been a part of in track. And um, the plan was to finish the meet, take the summer off, like recover from basically like 10 years of throwing in college and figure out how I'm going to make money and what I'm going to do. And I knew what I was going to do in the fall. I was going to do a coaching, like an internship, basically be a volunteer coach at university of Wisconsin with their track team. But I guess I, I don't know, the summer just happened and I lost a lot of weight and I, I wasn't lifting heavy and I was like, dang, I feel kind of good, you know, um, like physically. And so I just, I, yeah, I had a conversation with someone that I really, really looked up to and had it as a mentor in the track and field world. And we kind of talked about it and I was like, I don't know if I, I have what it takes, you know? So 
I I just fully believe that I gave everything that I had at that time. I think looking back now, now knowing like and coaching for as long as I have and like meeting other coaches, I think if I would have known then what I know now, I for sure think I could have thrown farther. But I don't feel like I missed out because I didn't know that then, you know, so um, yeah, I just took the summer off and started coaching in the fall and realized how much I loved coaching. And I honestly, I felt relieved. I felt um, ready to move on and ready to like start my life. I met my now husband that summer. So um, yeah, I just, we, I was, we were dating pretty seriously and I was coaching and I was working part-time and I just, yeah, that was the end of it. And that was where it ended. And that's where I started coaching. So did y'all meet at the bowling alley? No, we we went bowling for our first day. Um, he's his family is like real big at bowling. Um, he's my husband's ga- or bowled thirteen three hundred games in his life too. So he's like three hundred yeah. games. Yeah, so he's he doesn't bowl anymore. He should. He used to. He spent many years working second shift, and bowling's kind of like a second shift kind of time, you know. Um, but yeah, he, we did go bowling on our first date. It was like the night bowling where they have the lights off and the, the neon. That was, was he acting like, you know, I, I don't really bowl that much. And then just like, oh, no, he was, no, he was for sure trying to show off. Okay. And, um, I bowled a 183, which was a, a best bowling I've ever done by about a hundred points. And then he said, that's how he knew he was going to marry me. And then I bowled like a 70. Really? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So it was fun. Boy, Definitely didn't push, think I'd marry someone who's big into bowling, but that's okay. Yeah, puts you up to the test, man. That's good. Yeah, it was good. Hey, good looking. If you like this podcast and are already a badass, but it's all way too complicated, then visit our website drrobbell.com and schedule a call with us to help capture your very own hinge moment. Um, so, I mean, you were, you were a throws athlete. I mean, you lifted a lot, but you competed a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us about, and I will get into weightlifting in your journey, but I just want you to talk to us about like your ability to compete. Like, what is it that you notice about yourself when it's competition time? I don't know. That's a, I mean, I've been trying to think about that actually a lot. Like I, so I, I go in these, these modes like before meets and I don't think it happened as much in, in track when I was competing, but you're right. Like we competed every week. So I had a really, back in the day, I had a really, pretty bad habit of kind of basing my self-worth for the week on how I did and I cared so much about how I did and like it was super toxic and not great but at the same time I had a meet every week so if I had a good meet I was happy the week you know if I had a bad meet it's maybe only a few days um and it's like that sounds more dramatic than it is obviously I wasn't like like a Debbie Downer all week but I I was I promised myself when I was finished with track that I wouldn't let that happen in weightlifting. And when I did, I would be, I would know it was time to be done. Um, Cause I really was, like I said, basing my self-worth on how I was doing as an athlete, which is not healthy. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't, I mean, I really, honestly, I don't like to lose, you know, I, I put a lot of time into it. I think a lot about, I'm super, super emotional. So I think a lot about like, the things that I've sacrificed and the things that I have done and the people that love me and the people that have like also sacrificed things. And 
like my family and I are very, very close and I'm, I'm the oldest of four girls and I'm those three sisters that I have are my three best friends. And, um, they put so much energy into me as well. So sometimes I think, I think about them. Like when I'm competing, I think about like my husband, I think about like even Will, my coach, like the things he sacrificed and being away and all these things. And I do, I do know I am a good competitor. I've, I mean, I've done really, really well competing even when I've had crappy training going up to the meets but I do think I lean on a lot of the people in my life um and I know that it's it's also a good thing because I know that if I have a bad meet they're not going to care any less if I have a good one you know like they're not going to be like oh why did you do this you know they're just going to be like it's the same you're you know we always talked about growing up like like my family's a little bit religious well not a little bit they're a lot religious but like people I would have teammates it would be like like do it for God do it for all these things and like my mom and and my sisters and my parents we always kind of talk about like I personally believe that God like doesn't really care how I do as long as I'm a good person you know so um I would kind of just be like at the end of the day if it's my meat goes well I'm gonna be super happy everyone's gonna be happy if it goes bad nothing changed my family's still gonna love me I'm still a good person like it's just I don't know I'm still going to be really sad if I don't do well, but I do think that I have like such a good support system that it makes a lot easier to, to compete well and to think about them. And when I don't have the energy or the mindset to do it for myself, I have a lot of people I want to do it for. Yeah, so. absolutely. No, I, I love that, Mary. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, so talk to us. I mean, you, I mean, you mentioned about your self-worth and not tying that into directly your performance, which I think is a huge mental piece there. Um, how did you make that transition into, cause this is something that you've dedicated your whole life to. How do you separate that, that I am not my performance. This is something that you do. I really want to do a great job at it and be the best I can, but I am not my performance. How did you, um, um make that mental shift? Honestly, I think a lot of it is just age and maturity. Like I was, I finished throwing when I was 23 and now I'm 33 and, um, that's just a long, that's a long time. Like 10 years is a long time, especially when for like, I feel like the 18 to 23 year old person, like, like I said, when I was coaching that age in track, that was my, that's my favorite group of people. Like I really like college kids and I really like elderly people. Like those are like my favorite like groups of people. Um, But like the college age is such an important time in your life and you're being shaped and you're figuring out who you are and like what you like and what you want to be and how all these things. And it's really hard to stay like stable, you know, as a human being, let alone as an athlete, that's also trying to figure out your life. Um, And so I think just now being stable, more stable, like I for sure have my issues like mentally at times and I get really like down sometimes, but um, I have more constant in my life. I have a really amazing supportive husband. That's like, he's, he pushes me, but he's not like a jerk about it. You know, like he's like very much like I'll do so good. Like I was so excited. I was excited about how the meet went in Doha. Cause that was like the total I tried for all year. And like, he was so excited. And then like a minute later he goes, now this means we got, we got to hit the gas now, you know, like this is, this is the beginning to 24. Like, you know, this is time. And so I can appreciate that as well, but I do think it just, as it's, as I've gotten older and as I've, like figured out and also watched people. Cause sometimes I like, even with my athletes, I coached in track or people 
teammates now or people that I see in weightlifting, like, I freak out when I have bad days at times, especially when I'm, like, to be completely honest, I get really hormonal, like, around my period and stuff. Like, so that's a really, really hard time for me. But, like, I do have bad days and I get really emotional sometimes. But sometimes when I see other people do it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I really need to not do that. Like, that's really not like that's not cool you know um so I that's another thing I'm like trying to work on is remember that it's just weightlifting and like I mean it's a big deal for me because it pays my bills you know and things like that but at the same time I'm like I'm trying to be better about just realizing it's like just a bad day which I can usually compete well even after a bunch of bad days because I really did not have the best training going up to the last meet and it was my best meet ever so gonna try to use that also to lean on and know that I'll be just fine usually yeah well, I mean, you let us segue in there. I mean, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the, um, you know, your most recent championship, your most recent gold medal. Lead us through just kind of like, well, you know, you mentioned the training block wasn't as good as you wanted heading in, but yet you, you performed so well. Talk to us about like that journey, that experience for you. Um, Like Will and I talked about it and we basically, he put it the best way I think is basically this training block, my highs were really high and my lows were lower than normal. So it was very like up and down and up and down and up and down. Um, I had just competed in September or actually in October, sorry, September and October. So I had like a month and then a month and then like maybe five weeks or something. So um, I was just really tired. I was stressed out. Like the holidays is stressful already. Like I was getting ready to go home to see my family before the meet because I knew I was going home for Christmas like the day after I got back from Qatar um so I was like already stressed out and it's like people are stressed out about money around the holidays and all these things are already like annoying and so basically I'm just working through all that while I'm trying to get ready for this meet and um there was just a couple bad days and I'm like this is just I don't know if this is even worth it you know and Will even said like he's like you kind of wanted to quit like a lot of times and I'll kind of joke about quitting like I would never quit now I mean it's it would be silly too. Like I said, I I'm doing well. I'm making like way more money than I ever made coaching track, which is crazy. Um, like I carry insurance through USOPC. So there's like a lot of really good benefits that I've gotten throughout this year. Um, so obviously I'm not going to quit right now, but at the same time, I'm like, there's days where I'm like, this is not, I don't know if this is worth what I'm doing, you know, how I'm feeling. And I just, so, but then I kind of just think about bad days I've had before and but yeah, there are, I told Will too, I, I would prefer that I didn't, it's like a weird thing because I can have really bad training and then have a good meet. And then everyone's like, see, I told you, you're going to be just fine. And I'm like, yeah, but I would prefer not to have like freak out mode and have a good meet, you know? So right. like, I I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to just this training block. I'm, I just started and I'm really just focusing on like a couple of technical things and just like I bought a journal for training, which I haven't had in like years. Um, and so I'm going to just like try to have like a better attitude about bad days. And I think that will carry me over really well um, mm-hmm. just because, like I said, I didn't have these other meets that I had this year. I didn't PR my total. I didn't hit the numbers I wanted to hit. I won a lot of meets this year, but I, I needed to hit a total. I needed the number. So right. now that I have the to look back on the fact that I did have a little bit of bad training and hit the total that makes me feel better going into this next thing versus the last few meets where I had okay training or good training and didn't hit the total like I'm like no I'm still behind like I'm still not where I want to be 
So I do think that now I hit the toll that I want to hit. It's not like a just like lay back and relax until everything's done, but it's like a okay, you can do it. Like you figured it out when things weren't ideal, you're gonna be fine. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna really try to lean on that this time. And see so did you? I mean, what was your confidence level heading into the meet? I mean, it wasn't great. Like mm-hmm. I I was freaking out about the flight like really bad just because of how long it is, and I'm just like very broad. I don't like being on the flight with my shoulders and my body, you know. Um, is, but like, is it like is it like crazy yeah. rich Asians? I mean, are you just laying back, like sleeping? Oh gosh, no. I I would love that. That's actually my favorite movie. But um, I I like looked at first class or business class, and it was like I think my flight was maybe like twenty two hundred, and first class was like eighteen thousand. I was like, oh, I was like, bit even of, if I won, yeah. I mean, I, like people were like, oh, just like save money for it. I'm like, save money for it. Like, no, I'll just pay for an extra massage when I get back. Like, I'm not paying that much for a comfortable seat so yeah no it was not like crazy rich agents i wish um but yeah it was yeah that part was not fun of the trip sorry, sorry for the tangent oh no that's fine no um so yeah confidence wise i i didn't i mean i didn't feel great it was probably my least confident meet going in um like even a couple of days before training, I was in there and me and my competitor. So she's like a three-time Olympian. She's in the U S as well. She's been an Olympian three times. She's won a medal twice. She's been lifting for like 20 years. She's just like very, very good. She will, I truly believe she'll go down as like one of the probably the best American women in weightlifting, like for how her longevity and how well she's done. Well, she's the one I have to try to beat. So like I ended up beating her total at the meet, but I was in the training hall. We happened to have different training days when we were there. So she trained one day, I trained one day, and then she trained the next day, but I needed to get a little bit of body work done. And the PT that we brought was in the training hall. So I go in there because she's like, oh, I'll be in the training hall, whatever. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. I'll go in and stretch and like you can work on me in there. And it's kind of fun being in the training hall because there's like these incredible athletes and you can kind of like just watch, especially when you're not training because you can just like hang out. Well, uh, then my competitor, Sarah, started lifting and I was like, oh, she's lifting like kind of well. And so, and I was watching her. I was like, and so as soon as I got done worked on getting worked on, I told Will, I was like, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. You know, cause I couldn't sit and watch like how she was doing. Cause I already felt kind of crummy about how I was doing. Um, I didn't feel super awesome physically. And then mentally I didn't. And then after I saw her lifting well, I was like, I gotta go. This is not a place for me. I gotta get out of here. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't know. I didn't feel that great meat day. I woke up and I was like, I mean, you're going to probably have a much better Christmas break if you just do well, you know? So I, yeah, I just did the best I could. I knew that I had to hit that 120 snatch. That was the plan all year was if you snatch 120, you'll be able to clean and jerk whatever you need to do. And that'll be that. And that's what happened. So um, the last, I missed my third lift on the snatch and the clean and jerk. And I think honestly, what happened is we thought about 120 and 163 for, like 18 months and once I hit those my mind wasn't quite wrapped up or knowing what was next because I just was so obsessed with those two numbers that I don't think mentally I was ready for what was after that because I just assumed I'd probably miss one and have to take it again so um that'll be like the next thing we'll approach this whole next year is going to be quite different because we already have the total we need we I mean we could need a bigger total if my competitor ends up increasing hers but now the plan is different. The plan is just keep improving, keep getting better. And I think it'll be, it should pay off. I, I feel 
fairly confident that it'll pay off. But yeah, the plan is a little bit different now. And I think we'll be able to really grow with that. So, you know, competitors always talk about like trusting your training. Mm-hmm. You know, take us back to the competition day. What is it? What else took place? I mean, were you able just to get centered? Were you able to block everything else out? Um, did you think about like your family? What was it that really got you centered and then you're able to um, perform your best when it mattered the it most? It was kind of weird because like it was a little bit weird. Like I literally got to the venue and we had a little bit more waiting around. The The traffic wasn't too bad. So we usually leave really early for the meets because we have to be there at a specific time. And the traffic wasn't bad at all. So we ended up getting there like really early, which I don't love. Like I don't love just sitting there and waiting because right. you're sitting around all the people you have to compete with and stuff, which everyone I compete with is actually very nice. There's not anyone that I would be like, oh, I don't want to hang out with them. But it's just like kind of awkward too, you know, like, do I talk to them? Do I not? So I was just like hanging out, walking, whatever, waiting to weigh in. Um, and I felt okay. And then I go warm up and my, I don't know, this is so weird. Like my finger was hurting like really bad randomly. My ankle was hurting. My hand was, other hand was hurting, which is my good hand because I have like a bad hand. Um, it's not really bad, but it's like, sometimes it hurts. But um, I was like, what is going on? And I'm like, literally like thinking to myself, you do not have time for this. Like you are fine right now. You could be hurt in like two hours. <laughs> so it was just like some weird stuff. Um, And so I just, yeah, I just put my music on and just again kind of thought a little bit about Christmas and I was like so excited to go home to see my family and because I don't see them that often I see them probably every other month which is like not a lot for me um so just kind of thinking about like what was going to be after the meet and things like that and just knowing that like I mean I I have like I do love competing like I really really love competing um and I get a ton of adrenaline from competing which is probably why i always get sick when i'm done because i'm like my adrenaline probably just drops and i'm like and my body says okay you can like get sick now or you're tired now um but i i mean that's why i do this like i do like training most of the time but i like competing like a million times more than training you know um so but just like the adrenaline that i get and usually when i'm on the platform at the meet I don't really think about training. I don't think I've actually ever thought about training when I'm at the meet. Now that I think about it, I don't, I don't think I ever have really. Um, they always put me and Sarah next to each other, which is kind of annoying in the warm up. So she's like right here and I'm like trying not to watch her. And I know she's probably trying not to watch me, but um, I don't know why they do that. They always put us right next to each other for warm ups, but I freak out. Cause I see she's like warming up way heavier than me. I was like, Oh gosh, she's going to open so heavy. Um, but yeah, I try to just like keep my eyes closed and listen to my music and, you know, I don't, I don't say a whole lot. And yeah, it was a pretty, pretty normal meet day when it comes to that. But I was just a little bit weirded out with how my body was feeling and I was really excited to go home. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it just sounds like you just keep everything pretty as simple as you can. I, I try to, I try, I mean, I, I try to keep my music in and like try to just focus on me. And I actually, I think meets are easier than training because I'm not distracted. Like training is really distracting sometimes, like with like everything going on and especially our gym, there's like a lot of people in there sometimes. And I get like, I was just jokingly, but probably not like self-diagnosed ADHD. Like I'm just like always like looking around, like distracted. And I like start one project and can't finish it. Cause I accidentally forgot I'm doing something else. And like, so, but it meets like, there's nothing, there's nothing to get distracted on in the back room. Everybody's just kind of doing their own thing. Nobody's really like 
talking much to each other. There's like some cameras and whatnot, but I don't know. I just like, like I said, I really, really love competing and that's the same wherever you go. You know, I don't, I don't really care about the bar. I don't care about the platform. Like, I think that's a good thing about my track background actually is like, I mean, I had to win a national title in the rain in the discus, which is like very hard because it can come off your hand anyway. Um, is on my last throw and like, I mean, the girl had passed me and I had one throw left and it was raining and I ended up winning the meet. And like, I think about that a lot. Like, I'm like, dude, you want a discus national title in the rain? Like you can, you can lift if the platform's not perfect, you know, like at least it's climate controlled. So I, yeah, I think, I think that's actually, I guess I haven't really touched on that, but I do think that that's a huge deal for me because weightlifting is very, very hard but it has less like things that are distracting and less like things to work around than track ever did. So I think that's probably one of like my like quote superpowers as an athlete in weightlifting is because I'm like, Oh, this is not that bad. You know, this is not that distracting. This is it's warm in here. It's not freezing like things like that. So, yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. I mean, cause you talk about like the variables and yeah, some less variables when it comes to that. And yes, weightlifting. No, no, that's awesome. Um, I mean, your mentality, talk to us about the mentality when it comes to training. Man. And because um, I mean, that's a grueling process as well. Yeah. Um, like competing better than training, which which I totally get. Yeah. Um, but talk to us about that mentality and what that process is like for you. Um, I mean, like I said, I there's days I have like really bad days where I'm just like, I mean, I get super emotional and I like feel like the world is like, like falling apart because I can't snatch one day. And um, to me, it's just like, I do think I'm hard to coach sometimes because I've coached and I'm like, I like, I don't know. I, they say, make, they, they say nurses make the, the worst patients. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Like, and I, I'm not like difficult when it comes to like, I I rarely ever ask Will like, Hey, why am I doing this? Like I did ask him yesterday cause I did something I've never done before. And I was like, what is this for? You know, and honestly I wanted to know cause I coached too. So, cause I coach weightlifting as well. And I wanted to know, like, when do I need to use this for my people, you know? Um, but like, I'm fully aware that like, I'm not the easiest person to coach. Um, but I also like, I've talked to my teammates about this actually. And like my coach and like people at the gym and whatnot, like, and I just explained, like, there's days where I have really bad days and I've, I've literally like went over to a teammate and just apologized. Like, I'm sorry, I have a shitty attitude today. Like, I'm just like, I just, am like, I feel like I did this right before Doha. I was like, I'm feeling a lot of pressure on me. Like I have been trying to hit this total all year. I'm feeling like I can't lift. Like I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just like kind of losing it. And I apologize for being like annoying today. And I was like kind of crying at the training and whatnot. So um, I don't know. I I'm for sure not like the, like the textbook example on how to go about having like the world's best attitude or having like, the best mentality during training. But, um, I think I, I mean, I just like to lift heavy. I want to lift heavy. And so when I don't, or things don't make sense or like I have a really good day, I'm like, why if the next day is bad, I'm like, why is this so bad? Like, this makes no sense. So I, I do think the days that I have that are like crappy and I get frustrated are just because I do care a lot. Um, and I mean, it's a job for me, you know, this isn't like, and it doesn't make it any like more important. I say, I say that to my teammates too. I had a teammate once that was like, 
oh, you use the blocks. Like, what you're doing is more important. I'm like, no, it's not more important. Like, we're literally doing the same thing. You know, it's the same exact thing. Like, we both need the same equipment. Like, just because my situation's a little bit different doesn't mean it's more important, you know? Um, But yeah, so I try to just be like, I, I really try to be a good attitude, like, have a good attitude and be a good leader and, like, show people that, like, working hard is, like, good and worth it. But like I said, I'm definitely, I definitely have bad days and I freak out and luckily I have people around me that are like, it's going to be fine. You know, and Will's really good about that. And yeah. we had a really good conversation like before Doha actually. And I was just like, a couple things are not working. Like I need to change a couple of things about training because I'm 33 and I can't train heavy four days in a row because I'm old. And he was like, kind of just explained to him that on Friday I'm just like exhausted because I trained heavy three days in a row and I get body work on Thursday. So my body's like toast. So I just explained to him, I'm like, I just need a little bit of tweaking some things. And he's really good about like listening to that and explaining why what I'm saying makes sense or explaining why what he wants to do makes sense. So that's the nice thing about like having him actually talk to me about it. Whereas some people, I feel like some coaches would be like, no, you're wrong. You know, so it's definitely helpful that like Will is who Will is too. So yeah, I don't know. My like I said, I'm gonna really what No, go ahead. Finish that, finish that. I was gonna say, like I said, I'm really gonna try to use this this last month or last six weeks of having the not best training ever and then having a good meet and really try to lean in on that because I really think that's gonna be like what's gonna set me to the next level is realizing that it's it's okay to have bad days because you can have good days too especially when you like competing and you are a good competitor at the meet so no i love it um and the will we're talking about is will fleming talk to us about your all's relationship because you had a hinge moment of needing to make that decision Mm -hmm. on where your career was going to go and you sold your house moved to and, and and trained um, yeah. Talk to us about that experience and then your relationship with Will. Yeah, so um, I started with Will in April of 2020. So I had had a coach before that that was, he got me like super strong and he, we, I learned a ton with him, but he had like not a ton of experience with like remote training. So I felt like I needed a little bit more from, especially when I was just starting, I needed just more. I needed more immediate feedback. I needed more communication and it's, not his fault because he had a gym at home and I was his only remote person. So basically COVID happens. And then I decide like you, I got furloughed from my job. So I was like, you can either jump in and change coaches when you have like all this time off from work and you get to be like a pretend professional athlete. And you can use that time to either one, try to fix things with your old coach and try to get what you get need from him, even though the world is shut down or you can number two, contact somebody that you know is good with remote coaching and that you know and trust and have them and use that as a trial period during COVID. So I chose option number two. Um, Will, I had just followed him on Instagram. I didn't know him well, but his, I mean, I liked how he ran his social media. Like I, I wanted like a good person, like someone who was like a good person that cared about their family that would be understanding to me if something happened with my family, because right as this is happening, my dad had a massive stroke as well. So I was like trying to work through that, work through COVID, work through furlough and try to find a new coach. So um, it was important to me that I could find a coach that would be understanding and flexible if something happened with my family. 
um and Will's backgrounds in throwing as well so that was a big thing that I was like oh that sounds like something I'm interested in so yeah we started we've been together almost four years now um in April it'll be four years so we I came down like once um during the school year when I was coaching probably like a few times a year and then in the summer once a month for a week and then once I quit work which was fall of 21 I believe or 22 no it was 20 no I don't know 21 or 22 I don't remember um I would come down every month for a week which was getting to be a lot it was like a 10 hour oh, probably from home like an eight hour drive so it was just kind of a lot and um Will's dad's like super awesome and he would let me stay in his basement so it was like totally a great situation but at the same time like I was having to find people to watch the dogs and like all these things and my husband's job was going to have like a huge layoff so we basically decided when interest rates were about to go up for the housing market we were like hearing all this stuff we're like maybe we should quick sell our house before the interest rates go up and move to Indiana I was like and my husband suggested it and I was like what I was like I wanted to move closer to home like by my parents which was like three hours from where we lived and and so when he said that, I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. But I was like also kind of like bummed because it's so far from home. So yeah, we just, we did it in a month. We decided in a month, we basically in May, we met with our realtor that we bought our house with and he came over and told us like what we need to do. We had our house sold or we had our house listed in a month and we sold it in two days. So um, we came down here, found an apartment and um, yeah, that was, uh, we moved down here. I moved here july basically july 4th week last summer so we've been here like a year like a year and a half i guess um and that was kind of a big deal but again i think it says a lot towards how i do feel about will being my coach because if i was like a little bit weary about him being my coach or like i don't know i don't think that would have been smart for us to do so yeah i think we're both all in on this and realize it's like kind of a like Will and I and honestly his family's in on it because he's gone a lot and my family's in on it and it's just like it's a lot of travel a lot of commitment and so yeah his family's gotten to be I would say like an extension of mine especially while I'm away which is nice so yeah what is it what is it about Will as a coach that um that you most appreciate um again I think it's just that I mean he is a good person you know like I he's not like like slimy he's not doing things and I'm like oh I don't know about that you know he's not he's he's fighting for us as athletes and he wants us to do the best we can and um he's managing like a lot of stuff with like his family stuff and his boys are in like a lot of events and like sporting events and stuff and you know so they have a lot going on as well so just being able to manage all of that and I do feel bad sometimes because we're gone like for worlds we're gone for two weeks which is crazy but I don't have kids like and my husband's very much like okay see you when you get home you know and so it's like a big deal and so I don't know I think it's says a lot that he cares like about the weightlifting side of things and the journey that we both committed to because it's a big deal like like I said like it wasn't just me saying hey I want to think I want to go to the Olympics it was like there's a conversation you know with Will and his family like, hey, I might be gone a lot, you know, so it's a commitment to all of us, all of us deciding to do this together. It's not just me saying, I think I'm going to try. Um, so it's just like a big deal. And it's, we both kind of understand like the sacrifice that it is. And um, yeah, I think he's just a good, a good dude and has a good heart and a good family. And I've gotten really, really close with his dad, especially. And so, yeah, it's, 
it's a whole, like I said, it's a whole between Will and like even a couple of people at the gym, our gym owner and his family. Like, I feel like I've gotten really lucky. And to be honest, I'm, I want to move back home like next, probably next, probably next, the end of next year, early 26. And I'm, I'm super looking forward to going home to be with my family, but I'm not looking forward to the day when I have to say goodbye. Like I'll still visit and stuff, but I'm not looking forward to being like, okay, I won't see you guys every day now, but it's a pretty good situation down here for us. Yeah. Mary, like being a coach yourself, does that help you? How does that help you compete and train? Um, I think it's just like, I guess just realizing like I have, I feel like it helps more with training probably than competing. I have to like kind of let go of anything. Um, I think sometimes it honestly could probably sometimes hurt me just because I'm like, if even if Will does something and we've talked about this a million times, so I don't feel bad saying it, but like if we ever get in like a little spat, which we're gonna, we spend a ton of time together, you know, um, or, or if there's a miscommunication, like sometimes I think I get a little bit, like maybe I hold him sometimes if he's like, Oh, I can't come to this and I'll get annoyed. I'm like, well, why can't you come? You know, like, because I'm a coach I'm like, well, I would come, but also I don't have his life. So how am I about to say like when, you know, so we have, we've had a few things like that. So I do think sometimes, um, it's hard to coach me because I'm a coach, you know, or because I was a coach for a long time, but again, you can't really compare. And I've learned that too, even though it sucks and it's hard to not compare. It's, it's not a good thing to do. So, um, I don't know. I think, I think just understanding like the stuff will ask me to do like technique wise, if he asked me to do something and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that makes like so much sense. And it helps me. Like I think about the things I'm teaching my people now. Cause I coach about 20 weightlifters myself. So if I have like someone that's having a similar problem, I'll be like, I'll like think about that. I'm like, why didn't I just have them do that? You know? So definitely the things that I get told to do or the drills that I do, or even watching the other people. Cause I watch everybody too. I don't just like, sit in my own corner I mean I do have a corner but I I also watch everyone um so being able to and watching Will tell them what to do or tell them cues or things like that like that's all getting soaked up so um it's crazy how much I've learned just from being in person from the other athletes and from Will telling people what to do and um just other like people talking about weightlifting things like that so um I think it's like a a good thing and a bad thing probably that I'm a coach, but hopefully a better, a better good thing. Right. So, yeah. So talk to us about, um, and you mentioned in a, a previous podcast, I mean, snatch goal being a 125 and a clean and jerk. Yeah. Is that still the goals? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think, I mean, I haven't trained a heavy clean and jerk ever. Um, I've spent the last basically five years or four years for sure. Basically since I've been with Will for sure, I've trained, how can I snatch more? Um, because I didn't snatch in college. We clean and we cleaned in college. We didn't jerk much, but it's just a movement that comes pretty natural to me. So I don't, I work on it, but I don't work on it a ton. I do snatch stuff every day. So, um, I think once I become more consistent in these heavier numbers in the snatch, we probably will train a heavier clean and jerk a little bit more. So I do think that by the time I choose to be done, I could hit a 170 clean and jerk. Um, and I for sure think I can hit a 125 snatch. I hit 124 in the training hall at Worlds, um, which is like, it's like winning warmups. Like it's not a big deal, but it's also like, I was like, okay, I, I'm not as bad at snatching as everyone's told me I am for the whole time I've been weightlifting. Um, so it's, 
it was definitely like a good thing, a good confidence booster. And unfortunately at Worlds, it didn't come out on a stage. I was, that was probably the most nervous I've ever been for anything competing wise. So I wasn't quite prepared for that, but um, yeah, it was, for I think for, for the, just the meet as a whole, like when oh. I walked out on the stage at Worlds, I was like, actually it wasn't even on the stage. It was in the back room. I was like lined up. The girl in front of me was the multiple time, like world champion and she's a world record holder she's she's from china she's like unbelievable and i'm like why am i here why didn't they let me come here if she's here and i just like was not i had like serious identity like i was like i don't know imposter syndrome whatever identity crisis whatever it might be i was like freaking out um and i did not i got silver at the meet i don't know how but it was like i mean i do know how some people got hurt and i just jumped in but um yeah but I think the training before that, that's the crazy thing is my training before Worlds was actually really good. And then mm-hmm. I missed my opener in the snatch, which I never do. And But I was just so nervous. Like, I don't get that nervous usually. That me, I was, like, so nervous. I was, like, pinching my legs and trying to, like, my legs didn't feel like they are mine. And I was, like, what is going on? And I was, like, pinching them and, like, doing all these things to remind me that my legs were actually attached to my body. So, yeah, it was weird. But, did that meet though? Did that one help you? Um, or I think yes, yes and no. Like, like I said, a lot of women ended up having freak injuries, and so like I think I should have got like fifth or sixth, and I ended up getting second. And of course, like me being like hard on myself, I was like, oh, this is dumb. This is not a real second place because everyone else got hurt. And it's like, well, you still have to compete. Like, you can't just like show up and say here where's my medal like you still have to make your lifts so um I don't know it was a good and bad meet for me mentally I think I was like I mean it was awesome to get a a silver medal at the world championships but also I was like I wish I I didn't even lift that well like I lifted okay but yeah I think everyone everyone else in my life would say I'm dumb for saying I didn't lift that well but I didn't think I lifted that well yeah but yeah. Want to listen to your favorite music, but you're sick of all the commercial interruptions and negative news today? Tune in to KukoRadio.com. Music for your mindset. We're a commercial-free online radio station playing nothing but hits. Our free iOS and Android apps are available for download at KukoRadio.com. Mary, what, what questions should I be asking that I'm not asking? Um... Gosh, I don't know. I feel like we covered a lot of stuff. I think. I don't know. I feel like we got a lot of good information. Um, I think it's just like me probably talking through to myself what I need to actually do. And like I see your thing in the background, the patient that's on my list of things to read as well. Just being patient with myself and realizing like I think I spent so much time as a weightlifter telling myself like you're too old you're too because I got started really late I didn't go from from track to weightlifting I took like four years off I didn't do anything I lost a ton of weight and walked my dogs a lot you know so I when I started weightlifting I was like I don't know I don't want to get big again I don't want to like like I just was not interested and I tried it out and I was like oh this is actually kind of fun so um but I do think the main reason I did is because I like competing like that was why I wanted to do it. I just, I like competing. I feel like once I'm done with weightlifting, which could be next year, could be this year, could be four years from now. I don't know, but um, I do feel like I'll find something else to like do. Cause I like 
I like these measurable sports where I can compare what I did now to back then. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that pretty much covers, but yeah, like I was saying, just being patient with myself. So, yeah. Can't wait to be patient. Yes. Sorry. The dogs are being annoying. No, Mary, thank you so much for taking the time. And, uh, obviously we're going to be posting links, uh, for, for people following you as well. And just really appreciate you uh, coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was good. Thanks for listening to Mental Toughness with Dr. Rob Bell. To find out more about Dr. Rob, visit his website at drrobbell.com or follow him on Twitter at Dr. Rob Bell. And subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform to get the next episode of Mental Toughness as soon as it's available. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.